When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you in part by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like The Guest List by Lucy Foley. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast number 771. This episode is brought to you. Well, uh, what has Kyle Matt told you about the Nerdist Community Corkboard? Uh, I got one that might be the cadiest email we've ever gotten mm. uh, up in, in the <laughs> South Bay. Did you just use her name as a superlative? I did. I did. It's, uh, uh, it's a, a pet adoption that's going through the Palo Alto Animal Services, and it's called the Home for the Holidays program, where all pet adoptions are $15. You can get I a new dog this. or a cat for $15 and bring it home as a Christmas present for Excellent. everybody. Well, make sure you know that you know it's a lifetime responsibility. Yeah, it's a, a so lot of... Get Getting a dog is a lot of responsibility, yeah. let's, Katie. Let's, you got to get honest. It's a li- it's the lifetime of the animal. That's you're true. That's true. And a lot of people they get pets and then they you got to buy a bed for your dog at your podcast studio. You got to buy a bed for your dog at your other podcast studio. Katie has a lot of responsibilities it's with like that when sleeping I dog. Kyle at that shelter. <laughs> I knew this was going to be a. You didn't think I was going to grow this big though. I like didn't I was know. very small and skinny. I should have flushed you when I had the chance. That's nah, all I'm but, saying. But you looked in these big blue eyes and you were just like, I should definitely kill it. Yeah. <laughs> but I got distracted. Yeah, and there was some good on TV. On. And House Hunters isn't going to watch itself. No, it's not. Uh, and you know, by the time House Hunters Marathon was over, I was and then six Property foot Brothers, six. and then you were big. And yeah. then I was drinking out of the toilet, and you're like, "No, bad Kyle." And I was like, mm. "Yeah." So anyway, yeah. But go to sheltersfirst.org uh, for more information about it. And if you think that you've got the the good home for somebody, go get a pet. Will this you say year. that again without me coughing? Uh, go to sheltersfirst.org uh, for uh, more information on how to pick up a pet. If you live in that area, or and just uh, bring home a nice little animal if you're responsible enough for the holidays. Hey, you okay, know, you, I, let's unedit that because I want everyone to be aware of how Kyle hit the exact same inflection. On I've both done reads. this for a long time. On both reads. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matt, you can yeah, leave it. it. <laughs> I, just, I coughed over hey, it. I don't just felt shake bad. me off when I'm saving you work. <laughs> Yeah, that's I'm, true. That's true. <laughs> I'm always disappointed when you sit out of the actual promotion stuff. Could you do the same read silently. one more time? Uh, you go to <laughs> sheltersfirst.org, and if you're responsible enough, bring a dog home for the holidays. Wow. That insincere piece of shit. He just... <laughs> it's almost as if I've watched someone who's really good at reading copy for like five years now. I don't know who that would be. <laughs> Kyla? <laughs> wow, uh, he hit it exactly. That's how we wrote it. <laughs> Oh, when they find out all these episodes are scripted. <laughs> From top to bottom. 
These are <laughs> Nerdist podcasts turn out to be weird art radio plays. <laughs> All written by Dave Anthony. <laughs> Actually, I think we'd get a lot more respect if it turned out they were all scripted. I'd be excited to read Dave Anthony's oh, words. Oh, yeah, we'd be the fucking next Night Vale. Oh, oh God. God. be so good. Oh, what a dream. You know, I do have to say, I do have to oh, say, sorry, I fell asleep thinking Ner- about Nerdist podcast. I do have to say, Nerdist Podcast uh, was announced as one of the most downloaded podcasts of 2015 on Apple, so that was very cool. Well, it's hard not to be when you do three to four episodes a week for a year. Well, thanks for for stripping that away. We were on their best of list, and so was You Made It Weird. Yes. Okay. So, great job, us. So suck yep. it, James Bonding. Great job, great job, Chris Harvick host. Yeah. <laughs> next, next sentence. <laughs> yeah. Feels good. Feels real good. Yeah, I know. Um, this episode is Bill Burr, who is uh, who? Bill Burr. Oh, oh, Bill Burr. Yeah, you know. Bill Burr. So one of the best uh, comedians working today, Bill Burr. Bill Burr Baggins. Not Bill Burr Baggins. He would beat you up for saying that. <laughs> he wouldn't get it. <laughs> go, what the fuck is that? Hey, that sounds vaguely nerdy. I'm going to take you on now. <laughs> I love Burr. And uh, this is his third appearance on the yeah. podcast, I believe. Third or He's, fourth. He is promoting F is for Family on Netflix starting December 18th, which is his animated show. Also, his podcast, Monday Morning Podcast. It's a good time. And follow at Bill Burr on Twitter. Here's Nerds Podcast number 771. With Bill Burr. Katie, just play that low level throughout the whole podcast. <laughs> like EVP. <laughs> now entering Nerdist.com. just performed at MIT over the weekend, and when I got to Logan Airport, I heard my friend April and I, who opens for me, the most characterized Boston accent I've ever heard at the airport. It was a guy where we pulled up to this one, because I guess American Airlines is divided into two sections at Logan. Oh, it is? Yeah, and we pull up to one, and we start to get out in the luggage, and the driver goes, where you going? I go, Los Angeles. Non-stop! Yeah, yeah. Nonstop is over there. Like it was the That's most. Perfect. It was the most. That doesn't sound weird to me. <laughs> no, but you got it good. Like, no, like nonstop. Nonstop. Because people always think because of the joke, park the car. They right. think everything's ah, like nonstop. It's like no, that's Midwest. Nonstop, dude. Do your job. <laughs> Just do your job, and everything works. Do that's... your job. J A W B job. Yeah, job. It's like saw. That's like the Red Sox is S A W X, but they always go, they always like, oh, you'd be like, uh, they'd be like, where are you from? You'd be like, uh, Boston. They go, oh, Boston. It's like, did I say it like that? <laughs> it's B A W. Boston. You did an epic run at the Wilbur. How many shows yes, did, did you do? At Has the, the Wil- show started? By the way, yeah, yeah. We yeah. just jumping in. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I did like nineteen. Jesus Christ, nineteen consecutive nights. Nineteen. We did two a night, and one night I did one because. Um, uh, what's her face was there on the early show, uh, Wanda Sykes. So uh, yeah, it was one of those deals where I was just like, why don't we just do? I'll be there for a week because I have family. I want to see him. You know, we'll try to do one a night, and then that became two a night. And then I wasn't paying attention. And then all of a sudden, it was like, dude, we're up to like nineteen. I was like, hey, 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 hey I got to do these, man. I got to do these. 
Yeah, it was stupid. I'll never do it again. I know, but three we- shows in, I was like, this is the dumbest <laughs> idea. Did you do the same set for nineteen shows? No, I would switch it up, and um, I, I would, yeah, because I would have gone out of my mind. So, I mean, I always switch up my stuff, anyways. But like that was there was a co- combination of switching it up and then also self preservation. Yeah, where I had my opening thing that I knew that worked, and and part of that joke was me pretending to hang upside down from a seat dead and i just remember <laughs> when i would do that it was almost like a yoga pose and i just would just and i always just take an extra couple of breaths and be like okay don't think about any more shows give these people their money's worth get through this one and then we'll uh we'll call it a night but um it was it was still you know it was unbelievable that amount of people showed up and uh, that i was able to do that many shows but uh yeah i, was, I mean that's got to be well over twenty thousand people total when you add everything up which is a pretty crazy, yeah, it's, it's a pretty crazy, crazy number. It's crazy. But what was cool was they could all, you know, up close could see and everything like that. So The Wilbur's a great venue. Yeah, it's awesome. And I also, I worked for Bill Blumenreich from way back in the day at the Comedy Connection when, uh, almost when it first opened uh, over at Fam- uh, Faneuil Hall when it was still him and Paul Barkley. Uh, so I've known him for like 20 years or something, you know. And uh, you know he's a, he's you know one of the great characters. I, I love that guy. So it, it was it was a lot of fun. It is the perfect, it's the perfect larger venue for comedy because the room is shallow, and I mean it's like it's like it's not. I mean the spatially it's not too deep. And then there's just if it's when it's full, there's a wall of people in front yeah. of you and a shout that it's. I mean it is definitely one. It's of the like best what is like twelve hundred people or about twelve hundred. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. they're just on top of you. So it's a. Uh, it's fun, man. And I go back there and I have all these memories. And I, you know, at this point, I left there like 20 years ago. So there's all these places that used to be and now aren't there, which is a little depressing. But uh, I think a lot of this newer stuff that they have, I do like, you know, I mean, I, I like, you know, the central artery that they put underground. It actually looks way better. Like going over to the North End when I was a kid was just, you know, if you're going to walk there and you had to go underneath the, the, the highway, that was always shady. And then there was, of course, you know, all the. The the even the racism within just white people like I was I look Irish looking so I was allowed to be on Hanover Street and that was it and, and if I because that was like the touristy street it's like yeah we'll take your money but if you go anywhere else then it was just like an, an issue so um, that's kind of relaxed which is is also kind of nice yeah I mean is it how is the comedy scene in Boston now because it I mean it really was the a throbbing center like so many amazing comics came out yeah. of Boston from a period of time and I, I'm I know there's still a comedy scene there but is it is it what you remember from- no it isn't it isn't but I also don't know enough about it I do think it's weird that there's not a comedy club like the place that I started Nick's Comedy Stop is still there but like for most of the week I think it's like a dance club or something like that and they like do a show on like a Friday or a Saturday but um there's no just like, you know, like the comedy works in Denver or the punchline in San Francisco, like Boston of all places should have that in Boston. I mean, um, but they had it with the comedy connection. And then the, once they he bought the Wilbur Theater, it just kind of became something different where you had to be a theater act to go there. So there's kind of been this this void. I mean, there's still Giggles Comedy Club, but that's up in Saugus outside of the city. But you would think in downtown Boston that there could, they, they, not only should there be a room, there should be a legendary room, that perfect low ceiling. Yeah. Holding about, like a Zanies. Yeah. Holding like 275, 300. But maybe the rent is so high that you need to put in like a four, 500 seater and who can fill that, blah, blah, blah. I, I don't know. But there was a couple, there was a place, Motley's, that I know I was excited for that place and that kind of came and went. 
But I oh wait no no isn't there like Laugh Boston or something like that? Oh, that sounds right. Yeah, yeah, like on the pier or something. Yeah, they're probably I, screaming. Listen to this whole thing. Laugh Boston, <laughs> Laugh Boston. We're there. You, you know? fucking sold us out, Burr. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so I don't I don't know, and I also know that there's the um, the room over uh, the comedy studio over in uh, Cambridge. I know that that exists. There was Dick Doherty's Comedy Vault forever, where I literally put together my first five minutes, and I would always. When I was in town, I would always pop in. What was your first five minutes? Do you remember? Um, yeah, making fun of myself and talking about working in a dental office with my dad, and uh, you know, and just and just a bunch of you know, just filler trying to just <laughs> just hang on. Remember when five minutes felt like the longest oh. time? Oh yeah, I gotta fill five to set. Oh my god! Yeah, can you do ten? I can do t- like first time you did ten, you couldn't believe it, and. Uh, I remember trying to do 20 minutes one night, trying. And I was open for this guy, Greg Carey, who now does a construction show. Uh, and uh, I was opening for him. And he was such a great guy. And I was like, I'm like, is it okay if I try to do 20? He goes, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. And I just did every joke that I knew. And when he got on stage, he looked at me and went, 17, 17. And I was like, I was like all excited. I just couldn't make that final three minutes. It just felt – and I was excited – I remember coming home. I was still living at home, telling you know my parents and stuff. I was like, I did seventeen tonight. I did seventeen, you know, which of course didn't mean the same to them because they weren't comedians. But uh, yeah. Oh, is that a good thing? Yeah, it's good. Yeah. I said no, it's a good thing. Were, my parents were ridiculously supportive. So oh, good. Yeah, like they never questioned. They're like, yeah, that kind of makes sense. You always get in trouble screwing around. God knows you didn't have the grades. <laughs> do you have diff- <laughs> Do you have difficulty doing ten minutes now because you're used to doing longer sets? Um, no, I just get, uh, I get, uh, sad that I only get to do 10 because I, I still love doing stand up and it's so much fun. Usually around 10, I feel like I'm getting warmed up and, uh, you know, I have a lot of fun ideas that I'm trying to work on right now. And, uh, you know, it's just one of those things. It's, it's as fun to me. It gets more fun every year. It's just, I, I still love doing it. I had so much fun. Matt Moira. You no, know, you're actually perfectly on time. I know. Bill's a little early, and I got done with our meeting a little early. Bullshit. Fuck the Patriots. Fuck everything. You don't like the Patriots? No, I do. That's the problem with yesterday's game. So <laughs> come on. Are you, are you a Patriots fan? Yeah. So what was wrong with yesterday? Did you not watch it? No, I watched it. What the fuck was that? What the fuck was that drop kick in the second quarter? I know that was a stupid. Okay, move. thank you. I will go with that, <laughs> and that totally changed the tone of the game. Yeah, absolutely. Why the fuck would you do that? Okay, Why would I, you I, drop I, kick? I, I, I thought that you were going to sit there and go in the direction of like, how do you lose to the Eagle? Like Tom Brady right now is driving a rental no. car. The Lamborghini totally is in the shop, and they gave us a Dodge Neon. And yes. even then, <laughs> even then, he's still competing with all of those guys. But like, I was flipping out, screaming at the TV when we were up fourteen to nothing. Yeah. And you had your foot on their neck, and yeah. then you gave them hope. Yeah, and then the, you, you you poked a hole in the dam. Just fucking, and then the water came out. They had three, they had three offensive plays that court. It's like fucking kick the ball, let them try instead of giving them the ball at the forty. Trying to be cute, ridiculous. we got cute. You know the deal, right, Chris? We got cute. So I went to the Star Wars Force Awakens press conference yesterday. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be a major. I don't get Star Wars on any level at all. What, unless what are you you're, talking unless about? Unless you're a kid. 
No, what are you talking about? I was saying earlier, the Star Wars is essentially like watching a Muppet movie without the Muppets. <laughs> it totally is. It with like BS self-help mixed in there. No, Use the no, force. No. And if you no. think positive and you're a good guy, good things happen. I it's can see the tale. hurt in your face. I'm going to stop. fairy tale. I apologize. Oh, my God. Chris, it's I love you. A, it's a I modern day space fairy tale. It's a modern day space. It I like is. the second one. You liked Empire. That, okay, that's I true. Like, I liked Empire. Empire is, Empire is my it's, favorite. That's the Godfather 2 of that <laughs> Empire is half a movie, though. Well, it is, but it's still good. Star Wars is the best. I actually think it's hacky at this point to say you don't like Star Wars, so I'm going to not say this. It's just <laughs> more, I was more from a sports thing. Uh, I didn't see Star Wars when it first came out. Uh, we were out of the loop, and I remember like I had never heard of Star Wars, and school ended. In June, and then Star Wars came out in the summer, and I like in June I could relate to people my age, and by September I had no idea what anyone was talking about. R two D two, C three P O, and Darth Vader, and I was going like, yeah, you know, like when kids first start talking about sex and you act like you know what they're talking about. I was right. doing that with that movie. So the first one I saw was actually Empire, and then when Empire came out, I don't remember they re-released Star Wars to get people caught up. Right, um, sort of the first time they did stuff like that to get more people on the hook. And then I also saw the third one, the one with the Ewoks. Return I of the Jedi. When that one came out. And I enjoyed that one. I like sitting in the theater, watching them go through the trees and everything. And I didn't get as annoyed by Ewoks as a lot of people did. But 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 then at that point, you know, I was like, you know, I love 15, your, I was done. Your takeaway from Star Wars is, I like watch them go through the trees. Yeah, zipping along. <laughs> On the speeder bikes of the forest mood of Endor. Yeah, yeah, they gave you first person uh, experience. It's yeah. fun. It was yeah, good. It was I, 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 like, I liked it, but I mean, I don't need to, to, to revisit it in my adult. Like the way I can still always watch like all those great like Clint Eastwood movies and Charles Bronson movies that I saw growing up. Yeah. Those things are timeless where that thing was like. I was almost too old when I f- saw Empire. I was just too old. I was like 14 when that came out. When yeah. did it come out? 82. Was it eight, was Empire was 82? No, Empire was like 79, 80. No, it wasn't. Holy It was 80. 80. Yeah, wow. em- Empire was wow. 80, and wow, then was Jedi was 82, uh, 82, 83, 82. Uh, yeah, Star Wars was 77. So. 77, and then it was like 80 or 80. Oh, you might be right, 80 or 81. Oh, so maybe I was like 12, 13 or something, so... I just, uh, they just didn't get me. <laughs> they didn't get you. No, I had a real weird childhood when it came to stuff like that. Like, I didn't see Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory until I was like 37. I just never saw it. And did you like it when you saw it? Or were I you... couldn't believe how sadistic it was. I loved it. It's I so fucked up. I absolutely loved it's it. It's genius. Yeah, no, I, I, I loved that movie. Uh, but there was a number of those things. So for years, I was doing stand-up. And you remember the hacky reference was to do the Oompa Loompas? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're going, oh, wee And I had no idea. What an Oompa Loompa was. I remember Metallica even did it. I had no idea. In one of their albums, they have like them just doing that as an outtake, I believe, screwing around. And I, I had no idea what the OEO thing was. And then at 37 to finally see it. And then, then you did an entire like, comedy the, album was, devoted to I was like, to this is like what Mandela must have felt like in a, in a small way when he got out to just be... I was like probably was, exactly like that. Culturally yeah. in a cell. Yeah, exactly like. I mean, <laughs> almost identically. I would absolutely. imagine those two. Those two are absolutely completely similar. Yeah. So you, but you were disappointed with the way that they played. I was yesterday. disappointed with the way that Belichick coached. So that was a coaching error. Three of those quarters. Yeah, you thought it was a coaching error. Very much so. Why would you do that? You're up fourteen nothing. I guess a terrible. Why? Why are you trying to? Why are you trying to step on their neck in the second quarter? Do I don't, that in the fourth quarter. 
Do you know what that reminded me of? Was what? the year we were undefeated. We played the Giants and we went for it on fourth down yeah. on like their forty-eight. Yep. Yeah. It was just. It was just. Why did you just do that? Yep. He's like he gets in his own head sometimes. I yeah. Think. He just. He it's him against the world. However, having having said that, I mean, you know, he's, a, he, it, he's having a nice run. That it was. A, it was quite an almost comeback. It was. It was a very tense fourth quarter for me. You realize we are defending Super Bowl champions, yeah. and he's won four out of six. Sure. Okay. Had yeah. they told you? <laughs> had they told you that was going to happen fifteen years? Even though, even with the two crushing defeats to the Giants, you'd take it. Yeah, of course you would. take it. You'd go back to the room. You put on the robe. All we had right. was what eighty six, and then uh, 95, 96? 96, Green Bay. Patriots? Yeah, ninety six. Yep. I went to that game. Did you? Yeah, I oh. went to that game and I went to the Rams game when we won. Oh, nice. Yeah, and then I just I walked away. I was like, <laughs> I was like that's it. That's it. I'm not. I'm not going. To, you know. You know what happened? I was going to go to the next one. I'm going to date myself. I was doing an episode of uh, Chappelle's show, so I couldn't make it. I remember at the end of the when I watched the game and we won it. As much as I wanted to be there at the end of the day to still have a grand in my pocket yeah. and not have to deal with going to the airport uh-huh. and all that, I was like, you know what? This is nice. I saw. I felt what it felt like to lose one of those, and I felt what it felt like to win <laughs> on a dramatic field goal, your first one ever. It's never going to get better. You know, it's if good. I ever have a kid someday, well, I'll take him to it. But uh, I'm I'm done. But now you're good. I'm, go- it's all, I'm good. It's all good. I don't I don't need to go to that crap. <laughs> I had so much fun. I had that, that oddball tour last year was so much fucking fun. That oh, we yeah. did, yeah. yeah, yeah. We we it was just a small group of people, like everyone that you like, all running around, flying around. Were you and- in the van that that time we were leaving, and we were all we were reading the most negative tweets we got about each other? <laughs> you remember <laughs> no, that one? I that should have been filmed. He doesn't laughing. go in vans. I what? He don't go in vans. I go in vans. <laughs> I we, go in vans. Oh, laughing our ass off! Like I had like. Uh, well, kind of. I I don't. I I had a I had a good time, and 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 like not so like you know, some of uh, Amy Schumer fans just thought I was an absolute caveman. <laughs> <laughs> so they just they just well, these laid. crowd sizes were like fifteen twenty thousand people. So you, you, like, and there was a wide variety, a very wide variety. Like I think the difference between my angle and her angle. It's just there's a there's a va- I'm not saying you know one's better or whatever it's just just what we do they're just different way different so yeah. that's my thing about uh, I just <laughs> last year I was calling up my my wife and I was reading this going Jesus Christ I go am I that bad I mean this <laughs> this woman is like she was literally going and nobody is laughing it's like I got a partial standing ovation on that show <laughs> she's literally lying right well, now well the thing is the thing is the thing that people love to do. On social media is that when they want their when they want their point of view to sound more important, or sometimes that they lack the strength of their own conviction, they will go. They will say things. It's kind of like when you, like a shitty friend who goes, you know, we've all been talking. It's like who's we? Oh yeah, you you mean People you? Say, yeah, you yeah. mean you didn't like something, and you're yeah. going. Everyone is saying no, 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 no. And, and I and I do call people out on that when they gotta go. You have like 22 followers. You mean you. You feel this way. So just say you feel that way. You don't have to make it. You don't have to say I know. everyone. And all you do is make their day that you took time. I never tweet out. <laughs> I just let it go. Like they, they send it out, and then they got to figure out whether I ever even read it. But I never comment back to those people that do stuff like that. I don't have any t- I don't have time for an adult that takes a comedian's act seriously. Right. I, I just, just there's not enough hours in the day. I'm too old. I I, I don't care. <laughs> you know, like you're going to sit there and let a 100 subjects go by and it's fine and then one that comes around to you you're like, "Oh, he meant that." Yeah, yeah, that, exactly. That that was a statement. Exactly. Those others were joke. Let me listen to this. that was a joke. 
That was just a statement. Right. Statement. <laughs> right. But it's also like, well, you laughed at the other stuff, so you didn't have problems laughing when it wasn't anything that uh, had yeah, to do with Those people you. all can laugh at other people, but they don't. This is the thing. You know, I also hate is there'll be like a couple, 20,000 people there. One person has a bad time. And they, they can, like, get their stuff on, like, the noose. You know what I mean? And they treat just some random person with the laptop like they won a Peabody Award, you know, working for some actual, I don't know, newspaper. I want like a Peabody for tweet complaining. Yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. It's just like you're just some person in the crowd. You didn't like it. Well, well grow you, grow up. Go yeah, home. well, the, the media outlets need stories and they need traffic and they, you know, like, there's a... People are playing upon yeah, outrage now. And nothing it's else very, going on in the world it's right now. There's nothing, nothing, nothing else going on. Really, not much else going on. It's in the world. clickbait. Because there are and real surprise. Like there's a lot of those those places. Also, even like websites that try to act like they have this journalistic integrity. Like uh, Huffington Post, they always try to act like they're this big highbrow thing and then you just look in their columns and it's just like top 20 worst celebrity nose jobs and all this it's just like how can you you're on like both sides of the fence here daniel radcliffe doesn't look like this anymore yeah he grew up no he shaved his head he shaved his head that was it top 10 worst owners of jet skis it's just all these mullets and then you're gonna sit there and write about the middle east 14,000 way tie for the top 10 worst owners of jet skis dogs that look like presidents uh i don't know yeah and then they got some social commentary in the, in the middle of all that it's just like come on well yeah I mean I, I think there are definitely I, you know the world is such a crazy place at the moment and there's a lot of misplaced outrage but there are a lot of legitimate things to be outraged at but comedians are not one of those things yeah, no, <laughs> it's it like, doesn't matter it really... genetically altered salmon <laughs> that's kind of on my, that's, that? that's on my list a little higher than ISIS. You're not you're not you're upset. I about encounter it? salmon way more than I'm going to run into ISIS. I'm not <laughs> saying something can't happen to me, but generally speaking, if you're fucking with the food supply, well, how do you know that a genetically modified salmon isn't a part of some ISIS cell that's just waiting to <laughs> to take out some bears? I'm just saying you got people messing with the food supply, feeding it to their own countrymen. That to me is treason and terrorism. Page one, and there's nothing about well, that. Regular why, why don't I get to Why don't I get to vote on that? On salmon? Yeah. <laughs> like, why does that be like, send the Senate today, passed? That, you know, it's like, what, God didn't get it right? He's not making the salmon correct? Like, I don't well, know. Well, didn't get it fast enough, you know? It's like they need to be faster and meatier and... Uh... I don't know, dude. I, I Like, that freaks me out, dude. When you start messing with the food supply. Well, but traditional that... organic farming can only sustain... If, you, if everything was organically farmed and not GMO like tomatoes and bullshit, it could only really sustain 4 billion people. Okay, which is why we should have never got beyond 4 billion. <laughs> All right, fair point. Which is something fair that point. they should be bringing up. But now you've got to pick the 4 billion people who aren't getting food. Yeah. <laughs> no, like this is, this is the, the, like literally what you're saying right now, as much as a joke around, is like a decision somebody's going to have to make. No salmon for you. Dude, no what, tomato what, for what, you. What kills me is corporations control politicians, and then they don't look at overpopulation as a problem. They look at it as an opportunity. Yes. I'm telling you right now, if you want to invest in real estate, go to Detroit because it's cheap as hell, and they sit on along all that fresh water. It seems nuts right now. I'm calling it right now. In 20 years, that place is going to be a gold mine because they drive everybody back to the cities. All right. I'm preaching anarchy. <laughs> <laughs> I, love it. I, th- I think it'd be good to buy some some real estate in Detroit and just kind of sit and wait. Get it real cheap. I uh, like Detroit actually. Good. I like. I'm it. already. Uh, I'm going in. I like. I like. Uh, I like Royal Oak is a nice part of the Doesn't part of the count. city. 
Doesn't count. Dude, I watched on Anthony Bourdain's show. Somebody bought a skyscraper for five million bucks. I mean, now's the time to get in. <laughs> what are you going to do the with it? The four of us could buy, I don't know. <laughs> throw some pipes in there? No, the guy from the guy who owns the Cleveland Cavaliers bought a bunch of skyscrapers, and he's like giving people ridiculous deals to get in there. Oh, wow. And people are like, wow, you're really revitalizing the city. He goes, well, I mean, I, he basically said in a nice way, I'm not doing this for the people here. This is just a really good opportunity. Right. It's smart. Yeah, there you, you know, go. We could, Aren't I here to promote like an could, animated show, not, not real estate in the Midwest? <laughs> no. I think it's time. I think it's time. If you if you just did another or questioning Bill Belichick, if, if, you did, if you did another nineteen show run, you could buy a skyscraper in. Uh, yeah, I don't know about that in, in Detroit. Could a, uh, you could make a down payment. Yeah, I could. I could. You can make a down payment. It's amazing when you think about. We're just here to promote your seminar at the airport Marriott, where you're going to talk about your real estate opportunities. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's where the statements happen. There you go. So you do you do comedy on the comedy stage, and you make your statements. What I do is I invest in an area, and then I just blow it up when I go on podcasts. <laughs> yeah. you know, it's total conflict of interest. I'm like that that bald guy that screams about the stocks on TV. Remember that guy, Jim Kramer. Jim Kramer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mad Money, Jim Kramer, and then uh, John Stewart basically handed his ass to him. Uh, yeah, but I do like the fact that he got mad and he went on John's show and defended himself. He showed a lot of backbone there rather than just blowing it off like most people did. Yeah, they did. Yeah, a lot of people did. But it is, you know, like John – yeah, that it, it is kind of strange. I, like John popped up on the news for a second. Like he was at the White House. No, he's on Capitol Hill. Whoa. Somebody oh, he went to Capitol – Trying to get a the uh, 9-11 uh, – The first responders. Yeah, first responders bill passed. Right. But and it was just kind of – Which just, is basically what? To take care of them? Yeah. 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 To and basically do the right thing. To do because, the thing you yeah, should the, be The guys doing. who went down yeah, and yeah. risked their they, lives. You should definitely that, do hey, the thing. hey, maybe, maybe we should <laughs> probably you know, t- make sure they're okay. So, it's almost like you're going to go, do <laughs> I really have to tell you about this? Do I really exactly. need to tell you about this? Exactly. That should be the name of the bill. <laughs> <laughs> you should be ashamed do of I, yourself. Do I really need to tell you about yeah. this bill? <laughs> Yeah, what kills me? I don't think that they, what, what, there's not a, a person in this country that wouldn't be for that. But yeah. what they're going to do is they're going to attach a bunch of other shit to it. Mm-hmm. If you vote for this, then babies get punched every other Wednesday. <laughs> you don't like babies. Wait, 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 wait. I don't like babies, but what yeah. are we talking about? Yeah, what are we talking about now? No, so, that's great. I mean, do you, do you think uh, – do you, how, how has your perspective changed – as you're starting, to, you know, as you're starting to get older, do you feel like, oh man, I'm just going to be like one of those ranting guys when I get old, that just like shouting at people for being? No, no, no. I'm actually, I'm having the time of my life because I've, I, I've seen just enough to know that we're not going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> so I look at it like I am just going to enjoy. I got a great life, beautiful wife, got a dog. I got the NHL package sent a race. I watched the Bruins. I make it real simple. I learned how to fly a helicopter. You did? Yeah. When did you do that? Uh, you know, over the last year. You're going to buy a helicopter? I don't, well, you know what it all came from was land, like just being living here freaks me out. Just the size of it and how you can't escape it. Okay? <laughs> so part of and your what they're plan. allowing people to do <laughs> on a high level that is messing with the security of everybody when you know when the stuff hits the fan, I was thinking, how do you get out of here? You can't get in a car. I mean, you can't even get out of this place even when it's all working. It right. takes you forever. <laughs> so a helicopter just seemed, you know, up and out. 
So I don't you, know where I'm going, <laughs> but I'm going I'm to hover and watch the uh, the chaos and so. So you just you just have a you have a helicopter escape plan. You're going to have a helicopter no, in I the don't. garage. I don't. I mean, this is a funny thing too. Is like you think that like when when the zombie apocalypse comes, when the zombies come, like my buddy Joe Bartnick was asking. So, so can you just run out in the thing, start it up, and go? It's like no, nah, dude. It's a whole process. I mean, it takes like you got to warm the belts up and all that. You can't just turn the thing on and go full power. And they take off, you know, you're going to uh, you're going to run into a lot of problems. So you got to go through all your checklists. You're going to have to have a bunch of people shooting zombies for a good, you know, you know, if you do it right, you're going to do a good half hour pre-flight. And then uh, to warm it up, you know, you got all of that stuff. You should just constantly be in pre-flight mode. That's the real. Yeah, you got to have somebody just constantly warm Anything it up. on the news, like it's like some bath salts thing. Like, I don't know. I gotta, you got to go warm up the helicopter. Just warm it up. Just have it going. Just I, keep- I will tell you, no, it was just something that I, I've always wanted to do. And I, I finally just had the time and the money to do it. And I just figured, well, it's now or never. Let me give it a shot. And uh, every time I kept thinking, this is crazy. What am I doing? What am I doing? I would hit a new level of accomplishment in it and an enjoyment and like I did horrible in school and I really felt like I knew I could fly the thing okay I mean I could drive a car I can't like you know build one you know right. what I mean so the ground school thing was very intimidating to me the weather the um, aerodynamics the physics and all that I had a horrible background in that and um, so that was the part that I was worried about that there was going to be tests and I was going to fail them and all of that and uh so I would say more so than even becoming a comedian, it was a you know because I was always joking around being a jackass to actually have gotten through that. And I actually tested. Uh, me and my wife were going to go on vacation, and the day before, I I had my check ride to get my license, and uh, I was already giving myself like a pregame, like a postgame speech of like, if you blow this. Do not ruin the first three days of your wife's <laughs> vacation. Oh, that's very insightful, by the way. Oh, yeah. that, that is that is a man. That Who knows is, what an asshole he is. That is yes. But that's wisdom. <laughs> that's wisdom to understand. Yes, I com- I th- I know exactly what. And you you nailed the three days part. Like when you're, yeah. it takes like three days when you go on a vacation to shake off whatever shit. And you should not. No, and then there would also be the pressure that I have to continue studying to not forget what I the, the amount that I knew that made me fail. Forget about it, forgetting it for a while. So fortunately, I went there and. Uh, I was able to pass, and, and um, I remember how I relaxed myself when I was doing the check ride. You sit down, and the guy like you know grills you for an hour, asks you all these questions, and if you pass that, then you get to go fly. So I passed that. I'm like, all right, you already did the written. I passed this. I'm three quarters of the way there. You know, remember three o'clock high, Mitchell. <laughs> so good. This up. One of my favorite right? movies. So and nobody even talks about it. Such a great movie. So uh, I end up getting into it. And what I was able to, re- I just was going. I'm going to fly slow, controlled, like relaxed. And just show that I have control of this of this thing, and uh, and then I just said, no matter what happens, dude, you're t- doing a check ride to get a license to fly a helicopter. How cool is this? Yeah. So I just got myself into that mode, and I was able to actually, as much as you can, because it's very pressure. Uh, is uh, I was able to enjoy it, and I, I passed it. I, I couldn't believe it, dude. I, I'm telling you, man. I, I was flying, no pun intended, for like six, seven days. We were like on the vacation. I was like, I can't, I can't believe I did that. I it, so. <laughs> Should we go to a helicopter now? I'll, I'll show you. I can show you. I can fly a helicopter. Huh? Did you fly around the city, or what do you do? Do you just go? Yeah, up and I down? do. Well, well, this is the thing. Well, once you get a, a license, it's just really a license to learn. So it's still like then it was just like okay, so now I can just go up by myself, and it's it's terrifying, dude. It's like exhilarating, and you only get like a pit in your stomach. Like I'm taking my life in my hands. So what I did was I took the advanced auto rotation class. 
um, in August and September, and that's basically uh, where they simulate engine failure. And like most people, I thought that if you know if the engine failed, you'd just fall out of the sky because you don't have wings. Right. But what is you use the, the the your forward speed and the weight of the ship falling. The air is now going up through the main rotor, and that's what keeps it turning. So, um, you know, I just had this guy like the best guy over there just take me through the paces for like five, six weeks and all of that type of stuff. And, um, and then I, I felt more comfortable, but even then, but everything else in my life kind of gets in the way. So this past week, you know, the first day I flew with an instructor, you know, shake the rust off. And then the last two days I flew by myself and I just, I, you know what I do? I, I'm a sports fan. So I fly over stadiums. I fly over Dodger. <laughs> Stadium. Uh, I fly over the Rose bowl. Um, and it's just such a great way to see LA. Do you have and, to like register your flight path, or can you just sort of go like, oh, "I'm going to go up"? Um, yeah, you're kind of supposed to, but if you're just doing like a little, I'm just doing a short thing. I mean, you definitely, uh, I do like the weight. I might get myself in trouble here. I do like the whole weight and balance thing first, and I submit that and all that. And um, yeah, I guess you know, I think you know what that's one of the that's one of the things from ground school that I, I can't quite. There's so much to remember. I can't remember. If I, I I know if you do submit a flight plan when you land, you have to call and let them know that you got there uh-huh. within a certain period of time, or else they will send people out to look for you, and wow. you will have to pay for that. I do know that. That's <laughs> one, you know, one of the what, many things. What is it? Uh, do, do they address a city being? Uh, Increasingly more littered with drone activity, like with people in there, like flying. Oh yeah, I could show you a picture of a guy that took one right through the windshield, and they're thinking it was a. They don't know if it was a bird, but there was no blood or feathers, so they're actually taking the pieces of the helicopter windshield and sent it to the Smithsonian of all places that they have like these bird experts there to try to see. You know, like they're doing, going to do the first forty-eight for like birds <laughs> on that thing and dust for it or whatever. But no, they're, those things are incredibly dangerous because. Uh, yeah, it's just like a flying rock. You're just setting it up there, and all airspace is is classified, and there's rules within each one. And it's something I really don't even like talking about because uh, you know I'll talk about it off the air. But just the potential for some of that stuff is 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 that's uh, another one of those nauseating feelings. So yeah, I don't feel good about it either. I don't yeah. feel good about it at all. No, the fact that any person who has a hundred, two hundred bucks can just get one <laughs> and then how high up they can fly. Yeah. Because if you notice even like Amazon that wants to start delivering stuff by drones, which I think is horrendous, um, they're gonna fly at four hundred feet. Which, you know, you know, usually, you know, uh, the lowest you're gonna fly is usually about five hundred feet if you're 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 if you're coming in or whatever. They're, they're gonna fly at an altitude where you're not gonna run into a lot of people. I guess cops kind of fly at that level. 350 and that type of thing but like that level but these kids who just get them and you send them up a thousand two thousand yeah and it's just sitting there you can't see that thing (laughs) there's no lights and then also how how daring you're gonna be in it because your life isn't in your hands and also for the most part for what i know they're just looking down they're not looking around to be like oh here comes a plane or a helicopter right right? i don't know much about them other than they're they're (laughs) Terrifying. Kind of feel like they shouldn't be allowed. They should not be. <laughs> kind of feel like not. They should not just... be. When you see what people are starting to do with them, people in Mex- uh, Mexico, they put drugs on them and they fly them right up and over the border. It's brilliant. Yeah, it's brilliant. But uh, I got a funny one for you that they told me at ground school. This guy. Uh, so basically, when when the president's in town, right? You know, you can't get within thirty miles of the guy. Okay, and if you do, you're, you know, you're going to get written up and all this type of horrible stuff is going to happen. But I forget what the number is. You get within a certain, like once you go in and they're calling you 
And once you're not reacting, once you get to a certain vicinity of the president, like literally two, you know, goose and maverick, go up, <laughs> and they intercept you. So some jerk off, you know, didn't do his pre-flight or whatever and didn't find out where the uh, temporary no-fly zones were or whatever. So he's flying up from the south, you know, San Diego area, and he's just flying and he's flying and he's flying and he goes in within the 30-mile radius or whatever. And they're contacting him, contacting him, and he's not saying anything. And he's like, like flying basically almost like right at where the president is. Shit. And they sent up a couple of jets. They intercepted him. They, however, you forced somebody to land. They had him land at wherever Santa Monica or something like that. And they went up to his plane, and the guy gets out, and he had a plane full of drugs that he was <laughs> flying up from Mexico. Oh shit! So obviously he's not making radio calls or anything. And just like, what are the odds? The president. That the I mean, president at that is point, he must town? be like, "Yeah, you got me." I mean, this was des- this was destined to happen. Oh yeah, and once they, f- I, I imagine once they got the guy under control and everything like that, like there's no way those the, the cops or whatever weren't laughing. How could you not laugh off, at that? Just going like this poor <laughs> bastard. <laughs> All the uh, that guy was like, shit, they're taking the war on drugs real serious now. Yeah, <laughs> couple yeah. of sixteenth. Well, yeah, that's the thing. If you know that you, if you know that you have illegal cargo, yeah, and then all of a sudden you see the F sixteens at their side, like, oh fuck. Oh, I know, I know. What, what, are, you, what are you gonna do? You can't outrun. You're not an airwolf. It's not like you can just. Yeah, I don't know. It's yeah. There's all those kinds of funny stories. I had a my my. Uh, ex-girlfriend from in my 20s uh, this, this girl named Jacinda who's Australian and awesome she just wanted to get her pilot's license so she fucking got her pilot's license and had to you know like one day just fly by herself over to Catalina it was, you know yeah. she was like a 24 year old my, my girlfriend at the time just oh happened to have her pilot's license could fly but I was oh, too- she, and she did it? she did yeah oh I gotta tell you dude like that is the scariest I, I am terrified of the ocean like I will oh, not, I will not it? go in the ocean. You won't I, go I, in it, or you fly. Will you I, fly I, I over? I won't it? go in it. I, I'm not flying over. That's what I, I like. Like me, once I fly over the ocean, my biggest thing is not being afraid of crashing and dying. My big fear then is putting it in the ocean and still being alive. Mm. Like the ocean scares the hell out of me. Like the fact that everything you know, you have your head above the water. Yeah. And everything that can kill you is beneath it and you can't see it. I mean, would you ever walk into the jungle with a bag over your head? <laughs> that's basically what you're doing when you go into the ocean. You're, like, just, you're just like a little f- a f- a flake of fish food. Exactly. That's all you are. And dude, you can't when you fly over the ocean, you cannot believe what you see out there. You can't believe what you see. You just I mean, I don't know anything about it. I just look and I go, yeah, what 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 is that? Yeah. And then you look up like 100, 400 yards away, there's some guy sitting on a surfboard. It's just like there's something over here if it wanted to, could swallow you whole and use your board as a as a toothpick. Yeah, yeah everything is the, the the ocean is And it's like fished out now. That's why I think there's more shark attacks. It's it's like the the, the options are getting like lower and lower and lower. Now it's just becoming any port in a storm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. It's like eating at Arby's, right? Yeah. <laughs> You're going to do it, right? All right. Nothing, it's three roast beefs open. for $8. Fine. Yeah, there's, there's, uh, there's more sharks in the world. Are you taking shorthand throughout all of this? Is that what you're doing? That's amazing. He does. Kyle takes show notes. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, I, the ocean used to scare the shit out of me, and I remember specifically about having nightmares like being on a being trapped on a bridge that where both sides were removed and i was just in the middle of a bridge over the ocean and oh. terrified because i i couldn't one of the scariest movies i ever saw was open water and mm. oh yes and a lot of people didn't like it because they didn't get to see like the jaws type stuff it was just like 
that thought of being out there. And they had scuba gear and wetsuits and all of that. Where I guess I, mean, I, I you know what I, I swear to God, I would like to think that I'd have the brains to do this. Like if that boat took off, I would immediately take off the scuba gear and just pray for hypothermia. Oh, and just I, let I it don't want to sit there and wait till something takes a bite out of me to see if I'm edible, oh, and then come back around again. That I mean, movie was so amazing because it's there's that it they did such an amazing job of making you feel like, well, we'll probably be okay. And then just the slow realization of we're not going to be okay. No one's coming back. We're probably going to die. No, and already. we've drifted. Yeah. And we've drifted and it's just like... Why did you even watch that if you had a phobia of the ocean? Uh, I don't remember. I just... <laughs> I, I don't know why. Like when I think about it, I, but I mean, it just reinforced why I, I don't... I don't mess with... The only place I've ever been tempted recently was... I did a gig in Australia, and their, their beaches are so beautiful there. Fortunately, it was too cold, and they have all kinds of sharks and stuff. Like, like Australia is no joke. I mean, it's just like... They had, like, the top 10 poisonous snakes oh, in the everything world. Oh, everything like, there murders you. Everything, everything yeah. in Australia is completely They're deadly. They're like the SEC, but with, like, snakes... You know what I mean? <laughs> no, that sounds... Well, the SEC's like... like fo- they just have dominated college oh, gotcha, football. Gotcha. For years... Like the t- I thought you said the SEC as like the Securities Exchange Commission. No, no, no. <laughs> what are you doing, Bill? Did I say it right? It's the, the SEC, SEC yes. The S- yes. Yeah, yeah. I thought you said SE. I think I did. All right, quit. Cool. Isn't it S- South- Southeastern Conference? Oh, but I'm thinking of the Securities... But isn't it the SCC? I don't know, dude. I'm a moron and you guys are into the nerd stuff. But wait, you know, you know sports... He knows all the... Sp- oh, all right. Wow, right. we did it together. Oh, Matt, it Matt knows all things. about the sports. I'm surprised that they haven't had some sort of lawsuit or anything. <laughs> like when the WWF. Like, you know, wait, we were the first. Yeah, that kills me. <laughs> the World Wildlife World... Federation. I hate the WWE. It's the WWF, Worldwide Federation Wrestling. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And then, like, they had to, like, there was a whole period of time where they had to, like, you'd watch, like, a footage of WrestleMania 3 and they had to blur out wherever it said WWF. Like, it was insane. Why? Who, now, who, who initially. The World Wildlife federation sued the world wrestling federation for having the nerve to have a, a, a name wwf of a... also uh and the world wildlife federation won the lawsuit which then forced the wwf to change their name to wwe and then completely uh disavow any knowledge of them ever being called the wwf I would have killed to have been there when Vince McMahon hung up the phone after losing that one. Just to watch. That was probably his greatest. You know, he probably said, "You know, guys, we gave it a we gave it a good try, and no harm, no foul." Oh, that would kill me. No, he's not like that because I remember seeing him on Real Sports. You ever see that when he, oh, he yes. snatches that guy's paper? No. When the guy was trying to talk about the lifelong effects of these wrestlers, it was this period when just like a bunch of wrestlers were dying. Or at least they were shining a light on how many were were dying in there. You know, it was almost like the NFL with like after, after players play like the the health issues that they have, and uh, this guy just wouldn't lay off of it. And then finally, I can't do it justice. You almost got to look it up. Like Vince almost turns into like a bully in a schoolyard, just going oh oh, yes. oh and he, like, just doing like that, like oh you sad for them, and he just gra- like snatched at his paper, just like dude, like that guy is like you can just see the rage. Oh my god, it's like dude, this guy has a body in his backyard, man. Yeah. It was like that level, like this guy could kill somebody with his bare hands too, not the not the yeah. pussy way using a gun or something. Yeah. <laughs> this guy, like tear someone yeah, in no. half like a phone book. No, yeah, oh yeah, I, that's one guy I would never want to be on the on the bad side of. Just from watching that, I'm like, Jesus. You when, combine that temper with millions of dollars, and you, you got yourself a combustible situation. And no one to tell you no. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. You never like to hear that Except word. Except the World Wildlife oh, Federation. Yeah. Except for the World Wildlife Federation. Or fund. 
Oh, yeah. World Wildlife Fund. Imagine, fun. imagine fun. going through the gates of his mansion when they close behind you. You're like, <laughs> I'm in a different country here. Yeah. <laughs> well, I thought nation. this was Connecticut, but yeah, I hope he's in a good mood. <laughs> Got his own set of rules. Yeah. Uh, how, where do, when people come to your shows, where are they... What is what is drawing your crowds the most? Is the Netflix specials? Is the podcast? Is it? What, what I would is, say the stand up. I mean, stand up is going to draw stand up fans. I find that, and I've just noticed that through like uh, watching comics who were sort of known and then become TV stars. Mm-hmm. Um, people just see them as a TV star. You know what I mean? And then they almost be like, no, 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 wait, I, I did stand up before I did this, and blah blah. And they have to almost reestablish it. So I think for most comedians. I shouldn't speak for other people, but I think generally speaking, if you go out and you put out specials that connect with people, that will sell stand-up specials more so than like, you know, uh, whatever. You're in the new Star Wars movie, okay? If you love Star Wars, oh my like, God, that'd be why, so amazing. why do I want to see you do stand-up? It's no, that like, is, that I want to see you in the next Star Wars That thing. is true. Even, even people... That is true, and I think most people don't realize it, but even if, you, even if you're an actor on a sitcom and you're a comedian, it right. doesn't necessarily... Unless you're a... Unless you... Unless, you know, you're like Ray Romano. Oh, he was a stand-up before. But, I mean, like a known stand-up before. But, yeah, you're right. It doesn't... It, it, the, just a comedy. A, yeah, a you sitcom. have to be known at a certain level to main... And you have to keep, while you're doing the show, keep going out on the road to maintain them. Because, you know, they'll, they'll, they will move on to somebody else. But, uh, hey, getting back to the Star Wars thing. You don't have enough pull just to play a Stormtrooper? <laughs> Wouldn't no, you just want to do that? Yeah, of course I would. Yeah. Abs- of course I would. But I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I didn't have enough pull to do that. But it's also, it's also difficult for me to do anything. Although for that, I would have made an exception. But you know, at midnight's forty weeks a year, and we don't. We get non consecutive weeks off, and so I can't. You can't go into your bosses over there and say, "Guys, I'm going to play a stormtrooper." If that happened, I would have. But that was not an offer that was on the table to play a to play a stormtrooper. But I would have, uh, I would have done it. If you ever do a show about a show, that's a great episode for you. <laughs> you can't if you do your Larry Sanders like, right. show about a show. Right. One episode, you get an opportunity to play a stormtrooper, and and the network's not going to give you the week off. And I have to, I've, and then I come, I have to concoct as many harebrained schemes as possible to and, get out. And that one week. of the guests is actually a famous actress that you have a crush on. So you have to see. You go see. I'm adding layers. This is what writers do. They add layers. This is great. Well, first of all, I'm very happy to do my own Larry Sanders show, which is uh, (laughs) which something that's definitely going to happen. Would you want to do a sitcom? By the way, wait. And then in the end, you you don't get to do Star Wars. You choose to honor your contract to host it, and then you find out the actress that you're in love with is banging the guy that originally played Chewbacca. <laughs> Peter Mayhew. And that's, that's how it ends. That's Peter Mayhew. And his go. hip with Stan Man? Yeah. There you go. And then you're the everyman, you know, because you didn't get the girl. Right? No, but then I would be, but then, but you're still you know what, chasing though? the carrot. But that wouldn't bother me, though. You're lost. That wouldn't bother me in the end. I'd be like, oh, I get it. You know, I get why. It would have to be she banged like a guy in the entourage cast and I'd be like god damn it oh there you go that's better yeah Yeah. because you're actually such a Star Wars fan you'd be like what was it like (laughs) did you enjoy it I knew he'd be good was he an animal (laughs) (laughs) yeah I get that that's exactly right All right. would you want to do a sitcom do you think you'd want to do a sitcom Uh, no that's not something I I like doing what I'm doing I like doing stand up I this I I Doing this animated show. F is for family. Or a cartoon, as I have. I, I can't get into this. It's a cartoon. And um, I, I just, yeah. I like having, look, if it was, uh, 
obviously, if it was at a Seinfeld level of funny, a Ray Romano was hilarious. I, I guess I can never say no. I mean, that is a great schedule. Mm-hmm. That's sort of the perfect gig for any actor because, like, the, the shooting schedule is so awesome. And then you're always, like, two weeks on, one week off, or three on, one off. And then during that off week as a comic, you can go out and just go fly to Vegas and do a show, make some money. Yeah, you have to be like, it's hey, got a twinkle in his eye. I'm the guy from now. the show, and then you fly back. Oh, it's 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 beautiful. You can take I mean, your own helicopter now, back and forth. But weirdly, there I don't think that would be. But weirdly, I don't think that would be as satisfying to you because it it wouldn't it would take you off the road for sure. Yeah, it would. And I have most of my goals are uh, are involved stand up, being a stand up, and trying to get better at it, and always working on. You know, like you'd work on weaknesses in your game. If you played sports, you you got to do that as a comedian. And um, some of the things that I finally learned how to do after 23 years have been making, like, ideas I have for jokes so much more fun. You know, just learning how to act stuff out a little bit more and maybe take it to a weird place or a dark place or a silly place. Just kind of having that option. Um, it's made it like, you know, and then every night, you know, it comes out a little bit different. It's just awesome, you know. And it happens in real time. Yeah. Go do an hour. You know? It takes an hour. See ya. <laughs> it's awesome. And I get to sit down and go have a beer. I mean, it's just, it's the greatest, it's the greatest job uh, in entertainment as far as I'm concerned that you, you could possibly have. Uh, and if you do it the right way, you could do it forever. You could do it as yeah. long as you... And, yeah, and, and if you're no smart one... with your money, you invest in Detroit, like I keep trying to tell you guys. Uh, no, seriously, like you, can, you, can have, you can have a great life. And I just look at acting, all of that stuff, I look at it as gravy. I, I always say I act when they let me. Because, you know, you got to audition. You're got... great on Breaking Bad, by the way. Yeah, dude, anybody would have been great on that show. The, the writing was so amazing. And the way they shot it, the music, and then those actors that were the regulars... That you're gonna get to go in with, like, dude, I was such like you want to talk about like that was my getting to play a stormtrooper was was getting to do Breaking Bad where I was one of the people that like I watched the pilot the night it aired. There was something about the billboard when I saw it when he was you know that iconic photo. Now yeah. he had the green shirt with one shirt tail tucked into his tidy whiteies in front of the Winnebago, and I wasn't familiar with the term Breaking Bad. Um. And I just finished watching The Wire, binge watched that, and I needed a new show. And I was like, you know, I mean, let's give that a chance. And we just watched it, and immediately I was, I was just like, yeah, let's watch it the next week. But you know, by two, three episodes, I was calling my agent. I think that's how I got in because I was part of the first wave of people going, dude, if you're watching this show, I got you, got to get me in. And I was uh, William Morris Endeavor at the time, and Philip Grenz, uh, a great guy, got me to read some sides. We're like, all right, well, let's see if he can act. And I think I read some of Badger's stuff that they had already shot. And um, this was like by like the second season. Like, um, I, I think I read something. They put me on tape. Like, all right, yeah, act, you can act. We'll see if something comes along. Yada, yada, yada. And then by the fourth season, um, right as it was starting to blow up because it got on Netflix. A lot of people don't know from what I've heard after the third season, like AMC was on the fence going like, it's costing a lot of money. It's not getting the ratings. I know it's a critical darling. And then when they got it on Netflix and everyone could binge watch it, it went through the roof. Exploded. Yeah, it saved it. So I got on right before I think that that was happening. And um, yeah, it was unreal. Like, dude, like every time I went there, like I I always did nerdy shit. Like I remember um, I had a scene, like a real quick scene with uh, Lavelle 
Crawford and Bob Odenkirk in Saul's office. I remember. And I remember just going like, oh, my God, I'm going to get to sit in this office <laughs> and the safes over there and the Constitution. <laughs> and, um, and it was also cool, the top of the scene, because the top of the scene was just like was literally three, two or three lines. And then Mr. White comes in, which is also awesome. Like, oh, my God, I'm going to stand next to Mr. White. But what was cool was in that little moment, there was, those were all three stand-up comics holding yeah. down the best drama on TV at the yeah, time. Yeah, like Vince loves... For, for granted, eight seconds, but it was still cool as hell. No, but he... But, you know, he... I think it's so great to put good comedy people in drama. I, I just think there's something about people who have a comedy gene... It just adds a layer of depth yeah. and complexity to a character, and I, th- you know, well, that guy is like that guy is like beyond, beyond a genius. Like the like, like oh, I owe my whole acting career to that guy because up and, until then I was just the goofy redheaded buddy. Like you know what I mean? And, well, he and, won't. You know what's funny about Vince is he doesn't. He won't really take credit for anything. And you go, hey, that was really cool in that one shot where you open the microwave door and you could see the reflection. It was like, yeah, that was a total accident. We never meant to do that, but yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, good Vince. Yeah, but, uh, it was. But do you know, here's something you'll like this with your uh, your science background. They actually used to. The amount of stuff that they worked out on that show, they told me how, like, you know, you know, people are always going to tweet and, oh, I mean, actually, that wouldn't have happened that way, but blah, blah, blah. They made blah. it ironclad. And, yeah, they did. Like, even when we laid on the money, they figured out how much money Mr. White would have had, the basic denominations and how big that oh, would have Laval, been. Oh, when Laval, when you guys lay on the vault? Yeah. Yeah. Also, when the train robbery, they figured out how long it would take. All the whole thing of like whatever those two liquid, the liquid that they needed, and then they refilled it back up with water, I believe. Like how much, you know, I don't know, how much water you would need. Because I would be like, well, you know, it's 100 gallons, so 100 each, right? And it's like, well, no, these things with the heat against that surface, what that would expand to, and then with the water coming in, and they, they figured it all out. So if anybody tried to mess with them they'd be like no actually you could and here's why that was right oh and my just shut him god down. that was right when the that's when jesse plemons character really start because the kid shows up on the bike and oh my oh, yeah. god Are you watching him on fargo no i haven't i haven't uh, i'm not caught up on fargo he's amazing though he really is he's really is and uh is like he's gonna be one of the greats of all time like that he's like that level of a guy but uh okay i almost forgot getting back to the nerdy stuff that i did on uh Breaking Bad. So after we did that scene, um, you know, I got first of all, I got to stand there and watch Mr. White and Better Call Saul, you know, <laughs> doing a scene. And then also I got to watch, you know, uh, uh, Bob Odenkirk and Brian Cranston, the actors work the scene out. Dude, it was just like master class. And I was just sitting there like trying not to be in the way, jaw on the ground, watching them working it out talking to the director it was i'm still getting excited right now just thinking about it and then um i actually went over like a couple sets over from that was the super lab that they had underneath the dry cleaner yeah and i remember talking to one of the women was over there would be cool if i just went in and just kind of (laughs) they were like yeah we're shooting that next if you want to uh if you want to hang and watch so i forget what episode and i forget what scene but on one of those you know mr white and jesse's character have an argument or something like that and Mr. You know, and it's one of those times where Mr. White was like putting Jesse in his place, and then he walked out. I was right on the other side of the camera. Oh, that's awesome! And I and I remember ruining that scene for my wife because I kept going, "I'm standing right there! I'm standing right there! I'm right there!" And she's going, "Will you shut up? I get it. You were there. I know. I understand. I drove you to the airport. I know you worked on the show." 
stop ruining it for me. So I had to be like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you know. <laughs> oh, that's really cool. I mean, that show never wavered for five seasons. Like it just, it was consistent it just, they for just five kept seasons. Ramping it up more. You know, what I've been watching lately that uh, reminds me of the same thing. Where every time you think the tension can't get any more, I watched. Uh, Do you guys watch Bloodline? Oh, I haven't watched. You yeah. know, that's crazy. Bloodline. My Australian ex-girlfriend Jacinda is on that show. She's one of the characters on that show. Deb, who does she play in the, on Bloodline? Do you know? She plays the wife of one of the brothers. Oh, 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 yeah. Uh, oh, it's either well, it's either the Kevin character, which Kevin. is. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Norbert uh, Leo Butts. So she's the one that has the pilot's license. Norbert, I, d- I did a failed pilot with him a long time ago. Norbert, which I just learned, he won- he's he's one of nine actors that have ever won a Tony Award two times for one of the main characters. Oh wow! How cool is that? Yeah. So there's another reason to people watch the love, show. Yeah, people people love Bloodline. Uh, but I haven't seen it yet. I got caught up on Mr. Robot this year, which was fucking I heard that's fantastic. Great. I got to see that. Mr. Robot has shades of um, Breaking Bad in it. Oh, it does? Where it's just... Well, I need a new show because I just Mr. finished Robot. Bloodline. Watch it. You got a season of Mr. Robot. It's like, you know, 10 or 13 episodes or something. Beautiful. Like and I, I want Peaky Blinders, anybody? Oh, yeah, I, yeah. That's in the queue. Peaky Blinders is in the you queue. You got to have the English subtitles. Or you'll spend, it'll take you an hour and 20 minutes to watch an, a 50-minute show going, what did he just say? What did he say? Do you like when people, when, when there's a song that comes out and you can't, like a BG song and people write what it sounds like he's yes. saying rather than he really does? Like that happens because you'll start thinking that they said something that they didn't say. I mean, it's such a, it's such a great show. Yeah, Peaky Blinders is definitely, yeah. that's definitely on the queue as well. Don't know nothing about no robbery. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Shelby. That's you got Sorry. It. So anybody who watches this show maybe understands those references. Yeah, so Mr. Robot's your next thing. I'm going to start watching Bloodline. But then people should also watch F is for Family. F is on, for Family. On Netflix. It comes out December 18th, the same day your Star Wars comes out. Oh! So there you go. There's a little thing. Now, if you don't want to deal with the, the uh, Black Friday crowds that you're going to encounter, <laughs> you could stay home in your pajamas. Mm-hmm. And binge watch uh, the animated what a cartoon that we got. Uh, it takes place in the early seventies. It's based on my childhood, uh, just through years of telling uh, childhood stories on stage that killed. For the first fifteen years, I was a comedian. Then the last eight years, as I got into my forties, late thirties, forties, I started to feel like the older guy. And this whole new generation of kids came up. They wore helmets when they rode bicycles. They had playdates and everything. So the laugh started to become more self-conscious in a couple of, oh, like that. Right. Even though they could still relate to it. So I was getting a little frustrated with that. And uh, so I kind of stopped telling the stories. And then I was just walking my dog one day going, what if I just animated those stories? Rather than telling them, what if I, and I was just going to do little five-minute vignettes on my website. That was the game plan. But of course, I'm a comedian. And I just procrastinated. And I never did it. And then uh, a couple of years went by, and uh, I ended up having a meeting at Wild West, Vince Vaughn's company, and I just half-assed threw it out there, and they were looking to do it. And next thing you know, they brought on Mike Price from The Simpsons, and uh, now we got six episodes. See, you could be in line for Star Wars and just watch that on your phone on Netflix. Or you could at least watch an episode, yeah. You could. No, people will be in line for a couple hours, I'm sure. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I got it. To, what's great about it is, is it's on Netflix, and Netflix has been amazing. They were the one that said serialize it, which I was just like, nah, I'm going to do it like The Simpsons. I thought it was, I thought that was a dumb idea. And within six hours of trying to 
make them all connect. It took the writing to such a whole new level. I was just like, oh my God, I'm an idiot. Netflix was 100% right. And the network notes that I got from Netflix, that we got, I should say, was push it further. So it was like the dream that, you know, after all these years of being like, you know, people saying they wanted an edgy show. And then when they you never get, mean it. Yeah. And then you get it like, well, what are we saying to children here? I'm right. worried about this. I'm worried about that. They were the exact opposite. And um, it's been a dream to be over there. And uh, it's uh, it's great, dude. Like we can say whatever we want to say, which was really like a thing we had to watch. Like, OK, we can curse on this show. Let's not abuse this. Right. Let's make sure if we're going to use the F word, that's going to still have the power. Um you know that we wanted to have or whatever so uh it's yeah it's been a lot of fun that's great congratulations well, i think that's you. fantastic yeah i'm hoping people will like it one of these days i'm gonna i, I know you don't want to do it but i gotta convince you to come on at midnight one time what is be, that that's the game show that i host for comedy central yeah i'm not doing that <laughs> <laughs> you have to come on one time i don't want to go on a game show it's not a real game show what well, what is it Watch an episode. It's twenty. It'll take you twenty minutes. It's just fucking around. It's like a British panel show. Oh, okay, yeah, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't want to do it because what ends up happening is you end up tr- you end up trashing somebody you want to work with. No, you don't. I, I did that when I was on. I did that one of those. I love the eighties strikes back, and I remember they just keep throwing you stuff, and you got to make it funny, and they weren't even paying you any money. No, 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 right? no, no, no. And no. I remember in the end of it, I remember like the last thing I did was I made fun of Janet Jackson. I was like. Where the hell do I get off making fun of this person? There's none of that. Like, There's none of that. So what is this? It, it's, it's not. It's a very supportive environment. It's just fucking around. That's all it is. It's I, just I, fucking Can around. he be any more vague? It's very vague. Yeah, I don't but know. But that's all it is. It's about I, the internet. It's fucking around about the internet. It's making fun of the internet. Oh, I, 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 I am on so little of the internet to even talk about it. You know why I'm on the internet? I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I'm on YouTube. And whatever porno site I'm into <laughs> at that point. Those are the four places I go to. I go to Daily Face Off if I want to watch a hockey game because they have all the lines, you know, written out. Yeah. And other than that, I mean, I barely go to NFL.com or I don't even, you know, I don't even go to the Bruins website. I just, I am like, I'm like a small town person still wearing my high school football jacket. <laughs> like, like my mentality on Blast the internet. and Glory days by oh, yeah, Bruce exactly. Springsteen. Exactly. Yep. Do you have the package so you Listen, can watch Nessun at, uh, at home? Yes, I, love I it. do. But it messes with when I go to, like I said, had a season record for the Bruins game, but I think I did it on Nessun, so they keep oh, skipping yeah, games, yeah, and yeah. it's frustrating the hell out of me because I'm, I'm bad with technology. Well, I, we're sort of wrapping this up now, but I, I sincerely, you are one of my favorite comics of all oh, time. Okay. And the reason that I love watching you is because I, you, you will challenge the audience in a way where – even if even if most people are not on board with the premise, you still, that happens a lot. <laughs> you still, but but then but then you kind of force them with jokes with just this like rapid fire of jokes. It's almost like watching you do stand up is almost like watching a law, like a lawyer with jokes, where you prove to them why what you're saying is valid and and funny. And I see people. Some people just call that yelling. <laughs> <laughs> But it's a whole, but I like the way you're free you're but it's a whole different well. style because it's 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 a style of comedy that I can't do and and so I'm I love watching it because it really you know it like to get the audience on board with stuff through comedy that they wouldn't necessarily be on board with if you just said it like oh, when yeah. you introduce the premise up top 
Well, that's the fun of it. After a while, once you know how to write a joke, you know how to make them laugh, then it becomes boring. So then it becomes, how deep a hole can I dig? Or also, it was also a way, like back in the day when I would do Hell Rooms, it was a way to shut people up. If they were talking, if you just said, you just float it out there, and then they start, oh, well, where's this going? Well, like, he just said that? And yeah. Then, and then you bring it around to like... What the thing that you probably should have started with? Well, you just go in mm. reverse because watching so many watching so many comics try to relate to the audience just to try to it's sort of the difference between you know come, someone coming out and going hey you can like me please like me please like me and I then, did that I did that for eight years <laughs> sweating profusely and, and then what going changed? too fast what changed um I got comfortable I just kept working on getting more and more comfortable and. Uh, then also, you know, if you get a following, it becomes easier. Like they, they already like you when you come out there and they're going to go along with it. And it actually becomes something that you can, you can stretch out more. But I think it's a dangerous thing once you get a following to only do your shows. Oh, yeah. Like you should, like that's why I, I still go down to the comedy store and, and all the guys who I think who stay relevant never stop doing the clubs. Chris Rock, Joe Rogan, Dom Irera. Mm-hmm. Uh, dude, look at Rich Voss. Rich Voss is, 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 as relevant now as he was, you know, when he started back in like the eighties, because that guy has always done like the comedy, uh, the comedy clubs. Never like just was like, okay, uh, this is a Rich Voss show. I'm only doing when when he headlines, or or Dom Herrera is the same thing. And it's just like those are the guys. Like, like I don't know if those guys realize it, but like the level of like uh, like positivity that I get out of that, you know. Watching a guy like Colin Quinn, who's like won awards for being on Broadway and coming back to New York and seeing him working on stuff at the Comedy Cellar and still putting himself into a position of like, you know, this could go off the rails and I could bomb and just still doing that. It's why, you know, it's the like those are the guys that I want to be like rather than seeing guys even at my age. I mean, I'm 47 years old, so I've been around long enough to see a guy my age stop writing and be on stage and be like, you know, what's up? Remember Clinton and Monica Lewinsky? I mean, what's going on with that? And just becoming this completely irrelevant. I mean, I've actually experienced, like, I'm one time I did a college gig and I talked myself into a corner and I needed a reference to a, uh, just a pop star floozy kind of thing. And I threw out Britney Spears and it just tanked. <laughs> and I had to be like, wait a minute. Britney Spears is now a divorced 32-year-old mom of two. <laughs> like, to me, she was still, like, 23, and I just hadn't, like... All I, your references are in this cryogenic freeze. Did you clock that live and say, hang on a second? Yeah, no, I, I, I should have said that. I wish I did, but what I... I you know, even, like, music, I've, I've fallen, like, not hopelessly behind. My wife still, you know, she listened to Drake or something contemporary, but to me, like... Uh, you know, Foo Fighters and Queens of the Stone Age are still young whippersnappers to me. And I'm just like, no, these guys are like legends now. Yeah. So I got to try to figure out, you know, like, so I try to know like the Bruno Mars and the the people that are, you know, I, I at least to have something. Even if he, I'm, but I'm still going to do it from the, I'm an old fuck and I should know about these people. Right. But I, I can at least, I know who they are. So I don't do that again because that was embarrassing. <laughs> That I mean, was really embarrassing. Uh, da, 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 Britney Spears, just crickets. And I'm schwa? like, hey, yeah, she's probably as old as your parents. <laughs> <laughs> I'm old enough to be her dad. All right. We've learned that in the first seven minutes. <laughs> Let me get a drink of water here to get rid of the dry mouth now. <laughs> so, yeah. 
But anyways, the main reason why I came here is because I got this is the most proud of anything that I've done other than any of my stand-up specials, anything that I've ever been able to get on TV. I think the show is absolutely hilarious. And, and and kids, adults, everybody's going to be able to watch it and relate. That's and awesome. uh, even my parents, because I made sure that the parents are an amalgam of everybody. Um, so, you know, I switched up everything, you know, so it, they, they, even they can watch it. Great. Well, congratulations. Uh, well, it's good to you, see sir. you. You are welcome to come back anytime you want. Oh, I would come anytime you'd have me. You could. I. You, know? I, you, you just, can just you come know, hang just out. Don't guilt me into the game show thing. I mean, I'm not going to kill you. It will. No, listen. I saw the hurt on your face. It's listen. making me feel bad. At the end of the day, I'm, as much as I yell, I'm a softy. <laughs> then I'll end up going on there, and I get gonged or whatever the hell happens. No, on there's your no show. gonging on the show. Do I got to spin a, the wheel. Red and, light you let me tell you. Let me tell you. When I when when we were developing, you could win a new car. That'd be great. <laughs> if you only won something on the show, you don't win anything. Is it like card sharks? It's like card sharks. <laughs> yeah. It's a giant higher. board. And, uh, hi- is it higher than a two? Yes, of course it's higher than a two. Uh, you know, when I, when I created the show, I, I, because I had seen other shows in the past do this thing where everyone came on like sniping each other. And I always felt like that was counterproductive to comedy because I feel like everyone needs to be comfortable so I wanted the environment to be as supportive as possible and not just a fucking roast. Then why it's, would you have me on? Because you're funny. Because you're funny. And people always ask, when are you going to get Bill Burr on? And I go, I don't know. He, he doesn't, I don't think he wants to do it. But, you, but just know, I, I, will never, I would never guilt you. If you want to do it, you can. If you don't want to do it, that doesn't change you know how what? I feel about you. Smash cut to the Christmas party. I run into him and he's hammered. Let me tell you something. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I know it's not that it's a game show. It's me. That's me, right? I know it's me. Yeah, the bigger, the bigger issue. Wait, it's sobriety. The bigger issue is that I just gave up twelve years of sobriety just oh, to get I drunk at a Christmas right, party. You're sober. You know, Bill, I got drunk so I could have the courage to tell you that you're making a huge goddamn mistake. <laughs> it was worth it. No, your dick's out of your pants. What? Give me another two years. I will bury you in this business. <laughs> You'll be doing shows in the valley. I will find out where you're flying from and put drones in the sky. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Well, listen, thank you guys for having me. Thank you for helping me promote the show. I hope your listeners watch it. If you remember around that time, if you could give me another shout-out, because yeah. we are going up against the Ewoks and all of them. So <laughs> give us a fighting chance here. Yeah, Katie, all make right? a note. So around the 18th, we'll, we'll mention it again in the, one of the intros. All right. All right cool. Enjoy your thank burrito, you everyone. Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. Welcome to Pura. The most pristine, safe, climate-stable city on Earth. A haven amidst the wreckage. Here, you're safe from heat domes, superstorms, water bandits in the outer lands. There's no crime in Pura. No murder, no suicide. And best of all, there's no cost to join us in Pura. Promised to keep you safe. I killed her! You took everything! In a world that doesn't feel so safe anymore, we're waiting for you. Here, in Pure. The Last City is a new scripted audio drama from Wondery. Enjoy The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City right now, ad-free, on Wondery+. Plus. Get started with your free trial at wondery.com slash plus.